Hey, babe, therapy question. What's the definition of mixed feelings? Mm, I don't know. Watching your mother-in-law drive off a cliff in your brand new car. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody, this is episode number 102. And we are going to be talking about how to structure your relationships as a couple with your parents and in-laws in a way that's for the greatest benefit of your marriage. Mm, Okay. So last week you talked about what you need to do if you're always fighting over the kids. That's a pretty common scenario. So if you missed that, be sure to go back and grab episode 101. You can get that at oif.link slash 101 if you want to read it up or you can download it right in your podcast player. It was really good. I mean, not to be humble or anything. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure where to say Thanks, or I agree, or how to go. Okay, so yeah, go on. It was good. Mm -hmm. So also make sure you hit that subscribe button in your podcast player so you don't miss any of our shows, because Verlinda thinks they're really good. They're really good. (laughs) Maybe I just need it number 101. Okay. I don't know. I'm sure our kids wouldn't think so. No doubt, yes. Mm -hmm. I think today's going to be an interesting show as well, because... You know, actually, and we've drafted up a pretty tall order in promising to tell our audience, our listeners, how to structure their parental and their in-law relationships for the benefit of their marriage. That's yeah, that's quite an offer. Yep. So maybe it's because it's quite an offer. I feel the need to insert some caveats in here. Yeah. And the first one is if if you or your spouse has a parent with a personality disorder or with substance abuse issues or even with some kind of significant challenge that's not necessarily diagnosable, like they have Mm -hmm. really poor boundaries, Mm -hmm. that's going to force you to to take what we have to say and really kind of scrutinize it carefully to see what will work for you and what won't. So this is not a one size fits all. Right. And I don't want to pretend to make it that. But for like healthy relationship. Healthy, normal, grumpy at each other every once in a while in law relationships, it's all good, right? And I think the other reality is that some of our listeners are taking care of aging parents in their home which is not a situation that we're in and not one that we're specifically speaking to. Oh, yeah. And I think that's more demanding again as in a different way, right? So you yeah. have to nuance what we say here to your situation because there are stresses related to that caregiving that would be there if anybody was in your home, never mind a parent or an in-law. Right, right. And so none of us have perfect in-laws, except for except you. Except you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nor are we going to be perfect in-laws ourselves one day, God willing. Except for me. <laughs> My poor but, son-in-law's cute. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's keep going. So just to what you said earlier, which is we're just trying to address sort of that more general situation where there's reasonably healthy but imperfect parents and, and in-laws yeah. with ourselves as reasonably healthy but imperfect sons and daughters-in-laws. So okay. that's that. Now, we've got a bonus worksheet to go with this episode called Seven Tips for Getting Along with Your Mother-in-Law. That should be worth a million bucks. <laughs> But we'd like to email you a link to that so that you can go through some of the challenges around your in-law relationships. It's actually more than just tips. It really helps you to think through things around these in-law relationships and consider new ways of coming to those problems. Rather than getting the same rut every time. Okay. So you can get this by opening your browser to oyf.link slash 102. That's the uh, web. 102. Oh, yes. I'm just getting used to these three-digit podcasts. Mm -hmm. Or by texting the word podcast to 92 
92 spouse. Message and data rates may apply. If you have to pay for text messages, you'll have to pay for that text message. And there's a couple back and forth to get your information there. But once again, to get this worksheet, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292 spouse, or you can get it off the blog post for this episode at oif.link slash 102. That's right off our website. So I thought, Fernando, let's start by talking about how in-laws actually influence a marriage. Do they influence? Well, a study from 2001 looked at nearly 300 wives and 300 husbands. Were they married? Not one-to-one like that. It's just, give me 300 wives, give me 300 husbands. Okay. They looked at marital success compared to discord with in-laws, like how much. Okay. Yeah. And what they found is that the quality of the in-law relationship did predict the stability, the satisfaction, and the commitment expressed by the spouses in this study. So Mm. does that make sense? I think so. don't know that I agree with it necessarily, but... So just remember that in research, it's hard to predict causation. They're more measuring correlation. Okay. So what they're saying is that there's a marker or there's this indicator where if they see a poor in-law relationship, they're saying, you know, we can generally predict that the spouse will be less satisfied with the quality of the marriage. Hmm. And in plain English, I think that means that your in-laws can make your marriage painful. Right. Your relationship with your in-laws. I know there's some people out there in their cars going, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Nodding like mad, right? Yeah. So for wives specifically, your perception of marital success was predicted by discord with mother-in-laws and father-in-laws. Okay. Either one. But for husbands specifically, it was only really noted with the relationship towards the father-in-law. Not sure. I don't know why there's a difference there. But the point is this. It's helpful to your marriage to have good relationships with your Mm in-laws. That's what I'm hoping we can take away from that. Yeah. But I don't think you're meaning that if you don't have that good relationship that your marriage is going to fail. No, but I think you should expect that there's going to be a little more stress from that It's going to have an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then there is that impact and it's measurable. That's what we're saying. Okay. So the other part of this overland is if for our audience, if your spouse is complaining about your parents and the relationship, you need to take that seriously. Mm, Don't just brush them off. Yeah. You're being too sensitive. Because this does come back to being about your marriage. Okay. So I want to talk about three principles that should guide our in-law relationships to help us with this. So we've kind of established this link that, you know, if things aren't going well with the in-laws, it's going to cause some stress or discord in the marriage. So let's talk about how we can make this work better. Okay. Okay. So the first principle that I've identified here is the principle of the autonomy of family units. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for that. Sorry. Verlinda's mocking my karate chopping while I'm making my points here. Which is okay. why, we, why we don't do a video podcast. <laughs> so, so right when marriage was established at the beginning of creation, God's instructions were that a man should leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. That Bible verse that gets quoted at every Christian wedding and probably a lot of non-Christian weddings too. Mm-hmm. Now, exactly what that looks like, I think for Lynn is going to be largely informed by the culture of our listeners. Yes. So probably that more than anything. And, and we're speaking out of a white North American background here. So if you're from another culture, the same principle is true, but how you might apply it will look a little different. Just keep that in mind as you go through. But what's really interesting about this is that the research says the same thing. So I, there is a, a study that was given to me by our research assistant from 2001. And that looked at other previous research as well. So it was kind of compiling some research. And these secular researchers, they came to a, this very same conclusion. And I'm quoting here. The new family has the task of forming a stronger autonomous bond than the two from which the partners originated. If partners are unable to accomplish this task, their union may be threatened. Okay. And am am I making sense? In plain English, that says? 
in plain English, it says a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. There's a separation of me with my parents as a family unit. Yeah. And, and me with mine. You from yours and you and I now creating a new family unit. Good. Got it. So the researcher also states that this is not a new concept. Decades ago, in 1954, he quotes from a researcher named Duval. Duval suggested that adult children's marriages are more likely to be cohesive if the married adult children are autonomous and there is little conflict between the adult children and their parents. Okay. Am I an adult child? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a funny phrase, isn't it? Now that you mention it. Now, autonomy, we should define autonomy. It just... Autonomy just means you're you're running your own show. You're calling okay. the shots for your own family unit. Like you have your own leadership. You don't call your mom about what you should do on the weekend or that kind of thing. Like that. Although sometimes I do call her about what to have for dinner. Yeah. Sorry. Hmm. That's okay. <laughs> That's good. Better than calling you at work. <laughs> Just trying to get my head around that, but. So what I'm saying here, though, Verland, is that the research and the biblical principles are aligned. Yes. And that's. That's where I'm pointing out that we need to observe this principle of autonomy. And in this particular case, I think that the predominant responsibility or the onus is on the man to leave and cleave on the husband. Okay. Because this is leadership, but it's, it's especially his responsibility to make his bond to his wife a higher priority than the bond to his parents. Like I, I do see a gender bias in the Bible on that one. Okay. And in making the bond to my wife a higher priority than the bond to my parents, this is not an instead of, but it's a greater than. And it's about priorities. And by the way, we're going to get to a second and how wives play a role in this too, okay? Okay. And where in-law relationships get very messy is when the wife feels she has to compete with the husband for his loyalty, for his attention, his trust, or his time. Okay. And so that's a question I think for our listeners to ask themselves. If you're a wife, you can ask if you're doing this. Or if a husband, you can ask if your wife is having to do this. Does she have to compete for your loyalty, attention, trust, or time that compete with your parents for that? Mm-hmm. And if that competition is in play, it may be an indicator that you haven't done the work of creating your own autonomous family unit. Oh, yeah. And that may be a source of conflict. Yeah. Because I don't think, Verlinda, every husband goes into marriage fully prepared for this, like understanding this sort of change that needs to happen, this shift, right? It is something that I cover in my premarital counseling, and it's essential, I think, for husbands to understand. There's more to marriage than just getting your own apartment. Yeah, yeah. You're creating a family unit. Yeah. And you're accepting responsibility and a new set of priorities and new loyalties. Loyalty to your wife. Yes, And I think that loyalty part is key. Just a tip there for for those that are listening. If your wife gets in a spat with your parents, always side with your wife, at least in the moment for sure. Mm -hmm. No exceptions. Even if you know she's wrong, you need to side with your wife. And here's why. Your wife could leave you, but your parents won't. You'll always be their kid. That's the only reason? Well, your loyalty must be first towards your wife. I think that's what we're called to. Yeah. But if if you think about what's at risk, you're... Your highest risk is with your wife. You don't agree? Well, I just just think that is so like logical or something. Like it doesn't touch the heart here. Okay. Well, do you want to touch the heart? Okay. Like I want my husband to stick up for me because, well, I mean the loyalty part's a huge thing because I want him to be on my side and I don't want to be like fighting him too. Yes. And I don't want to be... Yeah, I don't want to embarrass him, but I don't want to be like humiliated when he takes his parents' side in front of me. 
Like, I think there's a whole lot more relationship stuff going on here than just always side with your wife because she could leave you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cheapen the the relationship or the value of the relationship by putting right. it that way. So, point taken. <laughs> just took me a while to get it out. <laughs> okay. So, you just sided with your wife. Yes. And, and if... Even you know, on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Never mind. Go ahead. They can't see the way you were looking at me. <laughs> I was gazing adoringly. I was in fear of my life. Now, if your if your wife was in the wrong somehow, oh no, then Berlinda, please. If your wife was in the wrong somehow, you can go back later, right? Mm-hmm. Or she can, and you guys can make that right. Yeah. But it's much easier to go back to your parents with an apology for wrongdoing, having sided with your wife, than it is to try to repair your marriage after you side with your parents against your wife. Yeah. Because it does come back to that loyalty issue. Yes. And that that can be a blow to that bond. Yeah, like an injury. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So same for wives then. Yeah, side with your hubby. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is supported by a Taiwanese study. That's a different culture, but I think the principles here are are actually fairly universal regardless of your culture. This study from Wu et al. in 2010 noted that wives' marital satisfaction was not negatively impacted when the husband took her side and used conflict resolution strategies to deal with the in-law conflict. So actually like some problems. That's saying the same thing, isn't it? He took her side in the moment. Yeah, but it's also saying he used conflict resolution strategies towards the in-laws. In the moment. Yeah. Okay. So he's still working with both parties, but he's on her side. Okay. This kind of goes back to the triangulation thing we did with the kids. Like, no, I'm drawing my wife closer. Yes. And now we'll work with this long leg. Yeah. So does that all make sense? I think so. Okay. Yep. And there's one other part that's in here too, Verlinda, which is when your spouse messes up, or makes a mistake in the first couple of years of marriage, don't go running to mummy yeah. to complain, to yeah. whine about your spouse. Yeah. So you really got to watch those triangles in the relationships and make sure you don't have you, your spouse, and your parents in a triangle where your spouse is competing with your parents. Because your mummy's always going to take your side. Yeah. I shouldn't say always, but I mean like how Most many moms are going to say like, no, you were in the wrong, get back in there. Yeah. I mean, we applaud those that do. Yeah. But it doesn't happen as often as it needs to. So... Just bear this principle of autonomy in mind. You guys should be one team, an independent unit. And I'm going to counter this independent piece in a moment. But that first priority has to be to each other and then to others after that. That's the principle that we're drawing from this autonomy section. Got it. Okay. Yep. Now, principle number two is think in terms of a kin network. K-I-N, kin. That's a new word that I don't use very often. I have a cousin named kin. It's only three letters long. Good for you. You have kin (laughs) called kin. Anyways, think in terms of this kin network. So this is, kin is just the idea of uh, family close. uh, What is the idea of kin? Yeah. Family. Yeah. Relation. Yeah. This is the kind of the counterpoint towards autonomy where we really push the independence piece. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because what we don't want is everybody just cutting their parents off and thinking they have to have nothing to do with them. So yes, your loyalty and your time and your attention and your trust should be prioritized towards your spouse as number one, capital N, capital O. But you can still honor your father and mother and your spouse by balancing the autonomy principle with that of a kin network. So it's really this idea of building out these family relationships. Now, typically what they find is that men and women play different roles in family relationships. And this is quite interesting because... There was a study in 2000 that looked at the closeness of family ties and how this related to marital happiness. And this showed the positive side of good relationships with one's in-laws. So they looked at newlyweds, and so adjusting to marriage was part of their study. 
And this included things like getting accustomed to the, pardon the babble here, the behavioral patterns and psychological needs of your spouse. So just what makes your spouse tick? Yeah, just getting used to living together. Yeah. Establishing boundaries of the marriage relationship and shifting loyalties to place the spouse's need before those of other people, i.e. your parents. Mm. So here's what they found. Among all spouses, increased closeness to the husband's family predicted increased happiness in their marriages. Really? This was especially the case for wives from divorced families. So if they had a divorced kind of broken family background Mm -hmm. on her side and an intact on the husband's side, if there was a closeness there, that increased the happiness of the marriage. Wow. But there were gender differences. Two years later, only wives' closeness to their husband's families predicted the couple's marital happiness. So no longer the husband's closeness to his family. Okay. And closeness to your own family, your own parents had no significant impact on marital happiness. Wow. So let's digest this a little bit. And this is still like a North American study? Yep. Okay. When you get married, you get this extended family, right? This is what we're calling the kin network. Okay. And what these researchers are noting is that wives play a key role in influencing the size and like how together that network is, the cohesion of the network. Okay. So they actually point out that women or wives, they're the gatekeepers of these family relations. Okay. And this is really interesting because where the Bible places a call on the husband to separate, these researchers are noting what I think is a complementary activity of the wife in expanding this kin network or establishing or setting up this wider kin network so that while this autonomy piece is being done and carried out by the husband, there's also this warm, engaged network being put into place. And it has a positive Mm -hmm. impact on the marriage. And I think these two things go together. It's like they're running in balance, maybe sometimes even in tension with each other, Hmm. but they're both needed. Okay. And the researchers, again, this is secular researchers here, they speculated that for a husband, the normative process or the normal way of sorting out family ties in the first years of marriage involves forging ties with his wife's family while de-emphasizing his own family ties. So shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife? And we argue that when the husband retains ties to his family or the wife encourages ties to her husband's family, they become agents of network solidarity and enhance the well-being in their own marital relationship. Now, what's an agent of network solidarity? (laughs) (laughs) I love how these people talk in like another language. Like you? Um, I was trying to make it these people's problem. (laughs) Okay. So what? Should we try and explain this? Yeah, because I don't have a clue what you're saying. Okay. The point here is that, you know, there's the old saying, no man is an island to himself. Yeah. Well, no couple is either. Okay. We need networks of support around us. Okay. Because life happens. Yeah. What they're observing is that quite often the wife takes the responsibility for making that network bigger, for re sort of establishing it back to the, especially the husband's parents, when the husband, either biblically or traditionally or naturally or something, distances himself from his parents. She kind of goes around and reestablishes and strengthens that relationship. Hmm. Yeah. And we're saying that both of those things need to happen. Okay. And that's building a solid network around this new couple. Okay. And when the couple has these good, healthy, well-balanced relationships that they're both invested in and they're both pushing towards where they're doing autonomy on one hand, but they're setting up this kin network on the other, that enhances the quality of their marriage. Okay. I think I got it. Does that make sense? I think so. All right. Yeah. And I think you did that in our marriage. Where like I kind of pushed away from my parents, you went and said, let's yeah. keep in touch here or whatever, right? So this is, what I really like is how this balances with the autonomy principle, as I've said, 
you have to have that kin network that's oriented oriented towards the support and the benefit of the new marriage that has been created. Okay. I think I get it. All right. So again, on that note, we want you to get along with your in-laws wherever possible. And we have a worksheet you can get called seven tips for getting along with your mother-in-law. It's tied to this episode. We'd like to email you a link to that so you can think through some of the challenges around your in-law relationships and consider new ways of coming to those problems. You can get this once again by opening your browser to oyf.link slash 102 or by texting the word podcast to 9292 spouse. Once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292 spouse, or you can find this bonus on our website on the blog post for this episode, maybe I should say, at oyf.link slash 102. Which is on our website. (laughs) Did I say that too much? No, that's okay. That's good. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So principle number one, autonomy. Principle number two, kin networks. Yep. Number three, I think is as valuable as well. And that is that in-laws need grace as well. Mm-hmm. And the final point is that we really need to come at these in-law relationships because they're tricky to sort out. They're hard to understand. And we're going to talk about that in a moment with a lot of grace. And I just noted a few things here that I think we should talk about because it can be really tricky to navigate these new relationships that we have to set up after we get married. Mm-hmm. We had another in-law episode. And what I found interesting on that one was we talked about how like your new in-laws, your new parents-in-law, they're just learning how to do this too. Yeah. It's not like they're old hats at it. And if they mess up, it's their fault because they should have known better. Yeah. But it's just, it's new for everybody. Yeah, it is. And that's where this grace thing part comes in that you're talking about. Yeah. Maybe we'll take that point first, which is just to remember that everybody here is on a learning curve. Yeah. Oh, is that one of your points? Sorry. <laughs> so like you said, the in-laws are learning to relate to you as a new member of the family mm-hmm. and you're learning to relate to them. Yeah. You know, and when you learn to ride a bike, you fall off sometimes. When you learn to ski, you fall down. When you learn to cook, you burn the food or maybe you burn yourself. <laughs> yes. So there's always a little bit of pain associated with learning. So don't expect everyone to figure this out perfectly, right? Right. So you can have those disagreements, the moments when your values or boundaries or styles or beliefs run into each other and they collide. Yeah. That's why I say this just needs some grace. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. The other thing that's going on too, though, Verlinda, and I think we, we miss this, is that your spouse's parents either did experience, or if you just gotten married, they are experiencing grief and loss around the loss of their son or daughter when you married them. Mm, you took them away. Yeah. Huh. So think about your loyalties, time, attention, and trust. I'm calling for those to shift, right? But they've shifted away from parents to the spouse. Well, that represents a loss for those parents. Right. So just be mindful of that because that's a hard thing to go through. Now, there's sometimes when parents are just exuberant about becoming empty nesters. Yeah. But there's other times where it's a huge blow to have a kid married off and to lose that person from being a regular part of their household. And, you know, if you think about it too, if you marry a youngest child, that marriage signals the end of parenting for the mother-in-law. Mm. Right. And they can Mm -hmm. talk about looking forward to grandparenting or whatever, but they may have 20 years of identity or more invested in this parenting thing. Yeah. And that stops. So that's a loss too, not just the kid, but your whole parenting identity. And so that's something to be gracious about. And thirdly, be willing to forgive. So if you had a rough start with the in-laws and it just hasn't gone well, I would just encourage you to stop and think about whether you can be ready to stop and forgive and then re-engage. Maybe give them a few months off if you need that. Mm-hmm. But look for ways to forgive and to reconcile. Look for evidence of change, right? Those little things that tell you that, you know, they're trying again and that it's safe to reconnect. Yeah. 
And again, this is in view of the caveats that we had right at the start of our, our episode today. Yeah. And finally, I want to say, watch out for the matrix. And I don't think folks ever think of this, Verlinda, heading into marriage. That's probably because they don't even know what it is. Okay, so let's tell them what the matrix is. Okay, what is the matrix? The matrix is how you think your in-laws should act based on your own matrix of how you saw your parents act. Mm. So we, we don't even realize that we have this assumption that your parents are going to parent us the way my parents have parented me. Your parents are going to parent us yep. the way my parents parented me. They're going to be the same. Right. Oh, that's the matrix. Yeah. We have this model of how parenting happens. Yep. But that's not how it's going to be. Right. Because they're different. Yep. So for example, I remember the Christmas that your folks were, I opened my present and it's like, we're all going around and whatever. And it was a hand towel. (laughs) It was a hand towel. Yeah. And, and I was like, (laughs) kind of like I am right now. It's like. I don't even know what to say. You know, the goldfish, the mouth is going open and closed, right? Because in my family, how we got parented was Christmas was when you got the things you didn't get the rest of the year. Right. And in your parents' family, you know, that last couple months before Christmas, you start saving up the ordinary things you need (laughs) as well as the extra things for Christmas, right? So that wasn't all I got from your parents. No, it wasn't. But I was just so not, like that just was not in my matrix that... Well, I, do you know what? I can explain this matrix entirely is that... Are you being defensive about your parents? No, I just came to me right now. Okay. My mom is perfectly fair. So she had probably spent like $3.49 more on my other brother-in-law, like her other son-in-law. So she had to get you something that was $3.49 to make sure it was absolutely fair on Christmas morning. Probably. Whereas... In my family. In your family, it didn't matter if someone got something way more than yes. the other. So but so that's a virtue, really. <laughs> okay, so, that was a little defensive. Yeah, you are being defensive for Lena. Yeah. You just kind of busted yourself there. Well, that only the end bit was defensive. But that, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's just about that is totally the matrix. It though. is the matrix because like I had no, <laughs> I had no means of interpreting what just happened when I pulled this hand towel out. <laughs> so I was like, oh, thank you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and you're, yeah. I look at your mom and she's like so excited because I just got a hand towel. And I'm like, I just got a hand towel. This is awesome. Right? So this is the matrix, right? Now that's yeah. a funny example, but mm-hmm. this happens in a lot worse ways too. Like it yes. gets pretty severe and harsh, right? Right. In some things. So I think what I want our listeners to take away from this is just be aware that that's there and you need to kind of manage your expectations around that. Because you're going to get some things coming out of nowhere and you get no idea where that came from. And it's the matrix at play here. Right. So you need to be curious and be open, be willing to learn new ways of relating. Mm -hmm. Because you really do get a second set of parents. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. And that needs grace. That's our third point. Right. That was our third point. So first one, autonomy. Second, kin relationship. Third, show grace. Sounds good. Now, after that rousing example, (laughs) let's wrap this up. Do you want to do the iTunes review? Sure. I'd love to. Hmm. This one says, episode number 11 had a huge impact. Five stars by... Ange Hightry. Ange Hightry. Let's try that. Sounds good. I just wanted to thank you all so very much for this podcast. After listening to episode 11, Stop Hiding from Your Spouse, Fears of Intimacy, Part 3, I finally have started to confront the fact that I deal with some fear of abandonment issues. Hmm. I have a hard time expressing my emotions at times, and after listening to this episode, I allowed myself to be vulnerable and basically let it all out. Nice. I know this is just the beginning of working through this issue, but I feel like it was a huge step for both myself and my marriage. Much love and appreciation for all you both do. That's awesome. 
That is. That's like exciting. This is why we do this. Yes. And we love having courageous listeners. So, Ange, hi, try. Good job taking that risk, putting yourself out there, and uh, keep going. Yeah. That's awesome. So, if you want to get involved in our mission to help save marriages through the podcast here, we would like to ask you to contribute to our crowdfunding campaign. We want to reach 5,000 marriages a week through this podcast. And we can't do that without your help. And for even $5 a month, you can help us move towards making that a reality. So, please go to oyf.link slash give to learn more about how you can help us reach more marriages. Once again, that URL. Most people probably don't know what a URL is. What does it stand for? Uniform Resource Locator, I think. Really? The website address is oyf.link slash give. And we've got some special ways of acknowledging your contribution listed there on that page as well. We would love to have you on board. Sounds good. Next week for Leonard, we're talking about conflict in marriage specifically how to fight the problem itself instead of just fighting about the problem. Now there's a shift in thinking. Mm-hmm. There's it's, some good nerd speak right Oh there. yeah, it's going to be a good episode. Did you need me to translate that? Why don't we say like, fight about the problem? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. But I said it was instead of fighting about the problem. How to fight the problem is itself instead of just fighting about the problem. Not following? Fight the problem, not each other. Oh, there you go. How to fight the problem, not each other. There you go. So that's all for today's episode. And we've even tweaked our title for next week. <laughs> you can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 102. Did you notice, by the way, how we, we fought the problem there and not about the problem? That was pretty good. Oh, Because I could have taken it personally that you corrected me live on this episode. Good thing you didn't, though. No, good thing I'm not going to take it out yeah. on you after we get off this. <laughs> Anyways, you can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 102. Remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. <laughs> like ours. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry i'm not gonna take out anything on her after the episode except I, I think she just spat on the mic right there Caleb. so if this was helpful to you we'd love it if you could help us spread the word and share this with others who would also be blessed by it thanks i will see you next week thank you for listening to the only you podcast Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at onlyyouforever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Based on your own matrix of how you saw your parents act. Oh, uh uh-huh. Sorry. (laughs) That is so lame. Okay, Jason, you can take that out. No, I think 5,000 people need to hear that. I wasn't thinking. Do you want to do that? I just want to nap. Okay. Okay. You can have a nap right after this. (laughs) (laughs) Let's wrap this up and go have a coffee, babe. Okay, that's a good idea.